This is the fourth one. The candidate must realize the importance of, of motive. An analysis of motive generally determines or demonstrates them to be basically selfish, regardless of how unselfish they may appear. Only those who assume the study of occultism with the highest and most unselfish motives can hope to succeed in this, the supreme science. In the present age, nearly everyone has ulterior motives, most of which center around the aggrandizement of the individual, not self, mistaken for the self. That's right. So ego-based, right? Mm-hmm. So... I think I wrote these down already. I have to look at my book. You wrote down what? Already, I have to look at my book. So, it says that it says, We desire power that we may be recognized as powerful. We desire wisdom that we may be recognized as wise. We gravitate about important people in the hope that they may shine a little with their reflected glory. You remember we talked about that yesterday? Mm-hmm. Um, we seek to be um, virtuous that one man may say to another, there goes a godly person. To the average person, this is inconceivable that greatness should not... Um, I say this word again. Greatness should not be aggrandized. No, promenade. Promoted. No. I forgot. I looked it up. I forgot how you say it. Danced around, pranced. Promenade. Is it promenade? Mm hmm. Right? Should be pranced around. That greatness should not promenade. Yeah. (laughs) That's funny. That's, that's, That's an interesting usage of the word. Before power can be safely entrusted to man, he must become supremely indifferent to it. Perfect unselfishness is perfect consecration to the service of the one universal self. Yeah, that's a you know, it's a hell of a thing to 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 subscribe to that uh, perspective. And then to move about and and interact with, you know, common folk. Yep. It says the crown of spiritual adeptship is a far heavier one than the crown of material rulership. Yes, it is. The use of occultism for the gratification of personal ends constitutes black magic. I was looking <laughs> that up the <laughs> other day. <laughs> That's a dope way to put that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> To, you know, to first of all, it, that's a a very positive and powerful connotation to attach to the color black, which is counter to mm-hmm. what the uh, obviously Eurocentric society does. Everything black is mm-hmm. uh, connected with negativity. <laughs> it says it is for this reason that the applicant is asked, "What motives urge you to take up?" these arts and sciences is it your supreme and all ensouling desire to be of selfish service to humanity to these questions some reply gladly 
Will I die for truth? To them, the answer is, that is not enough. Will you live for truth? A few brief moments and the act of martyrdom is uh, consummated. A few seconds of pain and the soul of man is beyond the reach of the executioner. And this is a tremendous sacrifice, a glorious, 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 glorious death. But the daily living, surrounded by problems and worries, year after year of disappointments, this is the supreme test of unselfishness. Until the soul can find perfect joy in giving, perfect companionship in aloneness, perfect sufficiency in the power of truth, perfect abundance in the gratitude of the few, and the scorn of the man. Until such a state is reached, the, the disciple is not ready to leave the broad road on which the world walks and take the thorn lined path which leads to conscious immortality i highlighted that i thought about you <laughs> you remember in raised by wolves the analogy that i use to describe coming to that point that i kind of um referenced in our earlier conversation about having an innate um thing to which I was moored and coming to an understanding that although I was at that moment in that period of my life trying to evolve myself and move beyond the, 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 the things that I had come to know as the way of being for the first 30 years of my life, mm -hmm. that at a certain point in that journey, I realized that I, I wasn't moving away from who I was. I was moving back towards yeah. Who I who I had always been. Yeah. And um, what I found was, at whatever point that I deviated from my um, natural path, my natural intended path, or or my natural potential path, uh, not really buying into this idea that you know it's all predetermined or predestined uh, that I. I do not buy into, uh, I don't subscribe to that idea. I believe that our fates, they change with our decisions, they change with our understandings and our behaviors as a response to those decisions and understandings and so forth. The options that become available and unavailable to us as infinite we ebb and flow, right? The infinite potential. So there's no way that that's predetermined. Whatever you tap into, you eventually, you know, t turn into, you know, mm -hmm. and then if that doesn't work out and you survive it, then you, you, you innately, your survival instinct will make you tap into something else or tap out, you know, so. It says, before the masters give man the power to loosen his tongue, his heart must be purified so that the power which is given to him shall not frustrate the plan of the true spiritual unfoldment mm -hmm. and that's light on the path that's not light on the path but that's what light on the path is saying when the, when the supreme forces of nature are placed in the hands of the newly raised initiate his heart, his mind and his soul must accept these gifts with divine humility without thought of self and use them for the greatest the greatest good to the greatest number yeah alright that's the part that it's very, very difficult. 
because one, there's no encouragement from the outside yeah. because you're you're changing in a way that your yeah. environment, your value system is changing, yeah, and and your your environment and the people in your environment don't have the same influence. They're attached, yeah, to. They're a result. Their presence in your life is a result of your value system. Right. So once you begin to change, alter, you detach know, detach and deprogram. Yeah, that, that that they they start experiencing withdrawal. Yeah. They start experiencing um, abandonment and all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And and now you're dealing with a real conflict because mm-hmm. you're dealing with people who you previously had concluded loved you, but now you come to the conclusion that they either do not love you enough do not love you adequately, you know, or do not love you at all because here love, you are evolving you, into this better version of yourself and they are not encouraging it. Your fact, love, standard, it. love standard has changed. Mm-hmm. Your love standard has changed in that sense. It's no longer just love me because we have this shared experience or, you know, we're family or, you know, I still love you because, you know, we had certain, you know, memories that we created. My love standard is going to evolve now. Mm-hmm. Now I have a different expectation. Now my love my love standard is not going to be based on superficiality and, you know, um base level um uh, experiences, security, sensation and control. My love standard is elevating now. So along with that, my values are changing. Mm-hmm. That's why when you know people talk about uh, this person loves me. This person loves me. <laughs> this person loves me, or you know, whatever, whatever. You gotta, you gotta, yeah, man. You gotta, uh, <laughs> you have to, um, you have to assess. I always tell people, you know, when in the instances where they're involved with uh, a situation, um, where the person that they are professing their love for or that may be professing love for them is not contributive to a healthy and harmonious interaction, you know, and when the person is dealing with, you know, pain as a response of that interaction or disappointment or whatever they might be experiencing, then they and they ultimately dismiss what they're experiencing and say, you know, but I know that they love me. I know that that person loves me, whatever, whatever. Then I, I've always said, not all love is equal. Not all love has great value. You have to assess the value of that love. That that person might not be capable of right. uh truly loving right. someone else right. It, it, right. they might they it, they might feel something but it, it may not necessarily be um love as as a healthy person would understand it and it was about about that understanding love what how is love defined who defines love how is that where does that concept of of love come from that's all developmental if 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 I say I love you this way and I treat you this way and I'm telling you that I love you like this is my way of expressing love whatever in my mind that that concept of love is I can only express it to the degree to which I understand it right mm-hmm. so you're going to have the experience of my love my type of love whether from the outside that is considered um 
an acceptable level, unacceptable, functional, dysfunctional, whatever it might be. I only can express it to the, to the degree in which I understand the concept of love based off of my experience or my understanding or my own feelings of what it is that I'm, 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 I'm sharing or experiencing. Because I can get with somebody else and say, well, I know he loved me based off the way that he could love me based off the way that he demonstrated his love. But I know he don't love me like this one loves me. This one loves me completely different. His love standard is different. His love standard is, you know, I'll buy you everything. I give you everything. I do this. I do this. And to me, that's that's love. That's how I define it. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. I'm not interested in this. I'm not interested in that. But if you did love me based off how I define love, you would do this, 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 and that. Because that's how I've determined my love standard. That's what people do. Yeah. That's what people do. But, you know, and, and I think an important aspect of love, foundational aspect of love is acceptance. That's exactly right. First and foremost. That's exactly right. Which would enable one to receive the love that a person is inclined to put forth uh, with appreciation and value, you know. Um, however it is that that person is inclined to express their love. Acceptance would, without expectation. Right. They wouldn't they would they wouldn't say, Well that's that's inadequate or it should be this way or you know, if you add this and take that out, that's then that would love. be love. That's control. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's control. Yeah. Which which most people exactly really right. are inclined to. Um you know what I was uh saying, I don't think I finished what I was saying earlier, uh in terms of um path, uh personal path, getting getting to um, a person's getting getting to your your true self, mm-hmm. or like like what I discovered mm-hmm. that when when you have allowed your environment to determine your direction, and then you come to a point where you realize that that direction was not true to your nature, and you decide to. Uh, reclaim your nature Mm -hmm. even though you know at the moment when I was doing what I was doing I didn't realize I was reclaiming my nature until I was well on the way and and then a feeling of familiarity began to surface Mm -hmm. and then then I recognized I remembered this is who I really am right this is I forgot that this is who I really was I'd gotten so deeply ensconced and you know proficient at being what my developmental environment influenced and thus the choices that I made as a result of those influences and then the environment and circumstances that resulted from those influences which I was uh, adapt uh, or adept at dealing with because I had assimilated these influences from my environment you know I I didn't recognize until I'd shed that, that that's what happened, that I had become this as opposed to what I naturally was. And um, at that point, at the point at which I realized that I was off my path, I had been off my path all that time. 
it wasn't like I could just go, uh, you know, oh, I'm off my path. I got off my path here at, you know, 14 to 13, you know, and then I had to go. uh, What'd you say? Right, but at, I'm talking about at the point at which I, I I did I did recognize that I was I was off, I had gotten off of my path, I deviated off my, off of, of of my natural path. I I found out that I couldn't just redirect myself uh, back to if I got off my path at at 14 years old. But how could you? If I got off my path at 14 years old, and then realized that at 30 years old. I couldn't just at that point in my path, you know, start to make that turn to, you know, that in my trajectory to get me back to my original path at at the point I was at 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 that point in my life. I had to go back to the point where I got off my path. I had to go back through. This is what uh, this is what I was initially trying to get to based off of uh, uh, something you said earlier um it's not like you can just go back you you can't just you know redirect yourself back to your original path you have to go back through your uh the deviate the deviated path you have to go back through that back to the point where you initially got off and get back on your original path where you got off means you had to go back through all the things that you did, all the decisions you made, all of the all of the things that 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 you experienced and and imposed upon the world. You got to go back through all that and deal with that. And that's that's that. Uh, what do they call it? The uh, the thorny path. Yes. That that's that to me is was the thorny path because when I first came through it was a wide road that the world traveled on mm. my world you know the underworld traveled on it was a wide road and like like I said in the book you know I put all these trophies on the wall you know, I had hearts I had heads I had various body parts I had bags and barrels full of blood and all these things were my pride and joy because they represented you know um my dedication to, you know, what I thought was my path. And then when I came back through that space where all these trophies existed, I ended up um, going, the, the, the path that turned to this narrow space, this, this narrow, 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 narrow space. And all my trophies that turned into razor blades rusty razor blades and as I made my my way back through the path that I had you know uh, torn through life when I made my way back through that on my way back to the point in my path my original path that I had gotten off because there was no other way I couldn't just change and go back and catch up where I left you know where where you know where I should have been I had to go back to where I got off which meant going through all that stuff and reevaluating and um, dealing with reassessing the value of my trophies that it all turned into um, these razor blades. So all the, all, the, all the heads and the hearts 
and the, the body parts and all that stuff it, it, that I was so proud of as I nailed them to the wall and you know beat my chest and said yeah this is this is what it is this is who I am now all of a sudden it was like this is what it was and this is who I was like and I got uh, I got a cut a slash um, as I passed by all of those things that were my they were my trophies, my pride. They were the things that that validated who I was and my and substantiated, you know, my significance in, in being who I was. Now, now these things were slicing away at me as I made my way back to the point at which I had gotten off my original path. So at at that point, you know, I'm I'm experiencing pain and discomfort from the things that once gave me um, that once gave me, you know, strength and and confidence and you know reaffirming and they were reaffirming to me. Now they were, you know, now they were blades cutting into me because I was now back in touch with my true self, and these were not things of my true self, you know. And I and and there was nobody to encourage it. Um, there was uh, no promise of the of a better tomorrow. Once I had gotten through it and to back to that point in my path where I initially gotten off, it was just you know my own determination and my own sense of value that I just needed to do this. Even though it was uncomfortable, even though it was unencouraged, even though it led to abandonment, even though it led, uh, it led to pain and, and a change in my circumstances that was also very burdensome, um, it, still, it still didn't uh, deter me, you know, it still didn't stop me from doing it. And but I understand why it would stop somebody from doing it. I do understand why, why somebody would be apprehensive about subjecting themselves to to that type of uh, to those types of circumstances where people that have been a part of their lives were now abandoning them or you know moving away from them and trying to discourage them from you know from making that type of a change, endeavoring into that type of a change. It, it goes beyond the, the self-acceptance because now you have to contend with the acceptance of those who have shared with you. Mm -hmm. Now it's, yeah, you have had this epiphany and this aha moment and made a realization that you want to return to your life on your path but you have people who have shared your path with you. That's right. It's heavy shit. And you have, Herb used to always say, I, I gotta find out what book he got this from. Um, uh, there will be some who will get ground under the, under the fields of, under the wheels of fate. Like. That's true. Yeah. Everybody won't, you won't be able to take everybody along with you. That's a fact. The only thing that we have to understand and accept as individuals is that 
is that regardless of whatever naive perception you had about how that was supposed to go, that's how it was supposed to go. Mm-hmm. You're not supposed to take everybody with you. That's right. You develop an idea when you're very young that everybody whom, to whom you're attached, who's been a part of your life, will, will and must continue to be a part of your life in order for your life to be whole or complete or, um, you know, comfortable or whatever. I mean, you, you, you will also have to get prepared to be, <coughs> as it said, alone. Yep. If you're not okay with that, because, again, going back to the self, mm-hmm. in order to become the self, you have to be aware of the self. You have yeah. to learn to know the self, then you be the self. So you think about the self, you, um, you, 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 you feel the self, you become aware of the self, and then you be the self. Right, naturally. I mean, yeah. you, you, you can't decide to go somewhere that you don't know exists. Right. You know, it won't be a destination if you don't know that it's a place and that you wouldn't want to go. Yep.